And now it's time for Strictly on Trek here on Brooklyn's Radio uh, with Graham Jarvis, our resident expert. Uh, and uh, we're going to review uh, Strictly Come Dancing last night, uh, 10th week, and yeah. uh, see what impact the music had on the dancers uh, and perhaps even their performances. So good morning, uh, Graham. Good morning. Good to have you along. Great to be here. And uh, just three weeks to go, apparently, to the final. And it started off rather in a different way uh, with Bruno doing the opening number. What a shock. (laughs) Yeah, I think uh, most people would wonder, is he going to be able to pull this off? (laughs) Questions fly through your mind. Is he singing live or is it a pre-record? And I think think it was live. But, I mean, if it was a pre-record, he was pretty good at miming i think he was doing it live either way he's uh, talented um was he uh singing with assistance in some way i think not i think he um i think he's got a good voice yeah, i think, I think so think yeah it was good and he's uh, clearly got the confidence yeah. and the moves uh, great <laughs> choreography around him all those feathers occasionally you're thinking whoa where's Bruno disappeared to it. So, but it was really entertaining. And it was a great, thought, great way to start the I show. thought it was a very good way singing uh, Can't Take My Eyes Off You. That's right. Originally by Frankie Valli. Because um, I only know the version by Andy Williams. Uh, okay. No, it's been covered quite a lot of times. It was originally by Frankie Valli. Was it? Um, and uh, it's usually, um, it doesn't apply to what they did last night, but it, it would usually be a foxtrot around 124 beats a minute. Last night, for the opening number, they sped that up to about 131 beats a minute. Yeah, it's, it's, that track's been used quite a bit as a foxtrot around the world at different times. But obviously last night it was just the opening number, all the glitz, all the glamour, um, a a perfect vehicle for Bruno to show off his um, vocal talents. Uh, You're uh, involved uh, for many years now, still involved in Dancing with the Stars in America. Mm -hmm. Any of the judges could do any something similar, do you think? Well, Bruno, because he judges on both shows. So, yeah, Bruno could do the same on Dancing with the Stars. (laughs) And uh, Len Goodman is still on Dancing with the Stars. He left the UK, but he's... um, He's still yes. on the judging panel across across there. And I think um, they do like to show off their talents, the judges. Yes. Obviously, they've got, they, they didn't suddenly become judges. They worked in the industry doing choreography and uh, behind the scenes on lots of things. Um, and probably like most people in their jobs, they think, uh, oh, I wish I could be <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And... A lot of people think they can sing. Yes. In Bruno's case, it appears he can. Yes, indeed. And, uh, of course, the judges, I think, will be uh, uh, taking part in many of the pantomimes around the country as well, you know. Yeah, yes. there was a curious thing, wasn't there, that when Darcy Bustle left, some people um, said that it was rumoured that the reason she didn't uh, want to continue was because they were obliging the judges to become mm. more involved and do dancing, and she felt uncomfortable doing really? that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if if perhaps they're trying to encourage them to sing and dance, and they do seem to be doing more dancing around. Indeed. Uh, perhaps she felt uh, no, that's not my role. I'd you know happy to judge, but not to start being the uh, the dancer and the singer and entertainer. So the opening dance was uh, Saffron and AJ walking on sunshine, a samba. Well, 
this walking on sunshine is by um, a collective called um, Take Me to Rio Collective, and it features Katrina Leskanich, who was the Katrina in Katrina in the, the Waves. Waves. Now, the original Katrina in the Waves track um, was um, a quick step, so much, much faster. Um, and here they've they've slowed it so the obvious count is half that of the quick step so instead of 200 or whatever here for the samba it's nearer 100 um the collective done a great job giving it a good samba feel all the latin instruments and the band seemed to um do a good representation of that so i thought it was a good samba track um but saffron didn't seem to really do a samba it, it seemed to me that aj was grabbing her um a lot of the time and almost pulling her arms um to get her to jiggle about and do mm. something nearer a samba yes. i felt quite frustrated that she wasn't showing off her samba moves and yes. uh, t- for aj to be dragging her about or as i say and pulling her a bit um I just thought, can't she do it on her own? I, f- mm. I felt it, it wasn't a good dance for me. Good track and a poor dance that, you know. Sloppy footwork, and it seemed heavy with some of the uh, judges' uh, comments there. Um, they were in the dance-off last week, and as it turned out, they were at the bottom of the leaderboard at the end of the shows. So, right. Um, so, a bit dodgy for tonight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, moving on then from uh, Saffron and AJ. Uh, we went on to Corinne and Amy. They were dancing to a track called Drops of Jupiter by With Confidence. Um, this track originally was by a group um, called Train. It was released in 2001. Um, the lead singer of Train had written it um, in memory of his mother. And the album that this version comes off is an album that's uh, raising mental health awareness so the track itself has got quite a history and the lyrics are, are open to a lot of interpretation um i thought therefore it would be ideal as a contemporary because you can interpret it however you want and i mean with things with the word jupiter in the title straight away you can imagine Mm. there's going to be stars and Mm. you know moody lighting and it's going to be all fantastic um for me although they got a brilliant score from the judges um one of the things i love when i go to the theater is if there's a, a musical that's been choreographed by fossey and one of the things I love is the timing is really sharp. So if somebody uh, clicks their finger and there's, say, ten of them on stage, they all click as one. Yes. And if they sort of go click-click in a cheaper production, you think, ah, oh, they're not really in time. And I was really enjoying this, but frustrated quite a few times that it seemed... Um, they weren't in sync. If they were putting their arms up to a beat, one of them would be a good sort of half beat behind right. the other at times. And it seemed that, to me, it seemed that Karim was probably more in time than Amy, almost like she'd been so busy teaching or agreeing to what he was doing to really get the 
timing spot on. So for me, it was a frustrating dance to watch um, against a great track. But I thought um, I thought they were very in tune with the music, and I was really enjoying it. And perhaps because for that reason, I missed some of those finer points that you picked up, Graham. Mm. Yes. Well, I think it'll be interesting to see whether the general public looking at it. Um, contemporaries open to interpretation and Mm. some people love the rigidity of the standard dances when it's contemporary where the person can just do whatever they want to express something it's down to how well people sort of feel the uh, the performance and I think timing is a big if, if something's in in sync I think that really helps people belong to the dance if things are a bit sort of off then it relies more on the staging the way they're dressed the look of it the music itself so it's a brilliant track um for them to do a contemporary to Uh, i think this is the first year we've had a couple's choice of music um, I, uh, I don't know. I don't but whenever it's whenever they say Karen and Amy couples choice, I just think right, we're going to get a big score because I've never known any couples choices get a low score. I just think right, we're going to get a good score well, they here, should, shouldn't they? If it's their choice, yes, indeed. I mean here yes. they were dancing it to the um, th- this track normally would be a rumba, um, and it's they kept it to the original tempo, which is about eighty three beats a minute so it's a slow rumba it's a beautiful track um we'll just have to see what yep. the what the viewers felt. okay on to alex and neil with their argentinian ta- tango argentine tango yes um it's an interesting track in that it's really in the time signature of this track is 12 8 which probably doesn't mean a lot to a lot of people uh but it essentially means you can count it for dancing in 4-4 at a fairly slow tempo or in 3-4 more like a Viennese waltz tempo. Mm. So um, they seem to dance it for the most part slow. So they were dancing at about 64 beats a minute, so quite a slow Argentine tango, occasionally fast bits, but I I think their feeling was they were dancing in 4-4. Um, the thing that bothered me was when Alex was doing the um, the kicks around, you know, in the air, kicking yes. around. And sometimes it seemed like, blimey, she's sort of got, got caught in an infinite loop. You know, how long is she going to keep <laughs> kicking for? It, it was like she, you know, almost like a football trainer had said do that until you can do it fluently and she'd done it and wow you can do that a really long time let's do that and i'm thinking well no but it it removes the passion and the intimacy yes when somebody's thrashing about like that for me yes yes so i felt the um it was a good choice of track of course, um, yes, you're right. It is all about the, the, the passion, which was uh, something that we'll talk about a bit later on. Chris and Karen actually got a lot of passion uh, in, in their dance, yeah, which was the last yeah. dance. I, yes. thought he, uh, I, I thought she was mechanical. I think perhaps another couple of days and uh, <laughs> she'd be able, being confident she knew it, she'd be able to get rid of that mechanical part of the dance i mean it must be really hard i mean it's a very difficult dance to do um for her to just become really comfortable with it it this track 
uh, was by uh, this version was by Bishop Briggs, um, and that she was covering um, the original, which is by In Excess from uh, 1987, which again is um, <clears throat> a tango hmm. or, or a, um, yeah, an Argentine tango. One of the more strange comments from the judges was, uh, "It felt like churning butter." <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah, yeah. I think my feelings, uh, like you say, were churning butter, mechanical. Yes. Um, she, um, you know, the Argentine tango, the the passion between the two of them, the attack and uh, so on, uh, seemed seemed to be lost. Um, tricky and a shame because I think they could have done a really good uh, dance. It was unfortunate at the end, of course, when they got caught up where um, Neil's mic was yes, caught up on something the, like that. Yes, so they couldn't uh, move apart. They do very no. well. They do very well at hiding those mics. Really, you know. Yeah, the, I, f- I thought it, it was ironic, wasn't it, that to a track called "Never Tear Us Apart," uh, <laughs> they ended up having to be torn apart. So Do I Love You uh, by Chris Clark was the uh, music for the couple's choice for uh, Kelvin and Oti. Another couple's choice. And we had two on one programme. Yeah. It's Do I Love You, Indeed I Do. And the original was by Frank Wilson. And that's the cover that they played last Mm. night on Mm. uh, Strictly. Um, Originally, the tempo of this track's about 133. And you could cha-cha to it. Um, it's on the Motown label originally, so it's straight away you got that pedigree. And it's, as with a lot of Motown, it's got a northern soul mm. feel. So the clubs up there, as soon as I saw this during the week with the couple's choice for Kelvin, I wondered whether it was something to do with him, why this choice had come through. And um, as he explained last night, it was his dad's favourite song and to do their wedding. So it's got a lot of history yes. with him and his family. Um, I thought the band did a great job with this track. In the middle, there was the percussion break um, that yes. they added. And um, that that was terrific to give them the variation to do something special because they described what they were going to do as um, street slash commercial and that's more or less what they gave us. Uh, the tempo that they danced to, uh, one beat one beat or so higher than the original, um, at 134 beats a minute. Um, they scored well, 38, and I think that that was um, that was good because they did do a lot in the routine. And although sometimes there's a bit of running about to catch up with wherever they should be, I think the actual overall effect and the design, you know, the choreography that OT had done, starting in an old-fashioned kitchen... Yes, ..to yes. make it belong to that yes. era of the 60s, um, was great. And they were danced... Uh, they were dressed well. I, I felt it was entertaining. I felt, mm. you know, Kelvin each week seems to be able to do something mm. which is uh, really strong. And um, he seems to have the isolation. That's one of the things a lot of the dancers don't seem to have, a, a good isolation so that they can move different parts of their body around well. Um, so, yeah, I think um, 
Indeed, they did. Yes, do, and do I, a good dance. Like you, I thought. I thought for a moment when they had per- that percussion break, they were going to go onto a totally different style of dance. Mm. You know, it was so quite radical in a way. I thought, oh, they're going to stop doing that and they're going to do something else completely different. Yeah, well, it gave them a great opportunity to do their street. Mm. And uh, they didn't push it. So it was just an entertaining. It flowed from yeah. start to finish. I thought I thought that was a good job. And if there was any couple I said was safe, I would imagine it would be Calvin and Oti. Indeed, yes, indeed, yes. And then on to Emma and Anton. Each week, uh, Graham, we keep hoping that Anton's going to go through to uh, another round. Uh, yeah. Apparently, you know, his um, his tens, his two tens he got last week, you know, was the first time after 15 appearances or something that he got uh, tens. In fact, you get one, you get two came along. So, yeah, so he was bus. really over the moon about that. So we are always willing him and Emma on didn't quite work well they were dancing to sparkling diamonds by um uh, nicole kidman jim broadbent and other people who were in the um cast of um moulin rouge uh the sparkling diamonds is a cover version of sorts of uh, madonna's material girl uh, when it goes into oh. we are living in a material world mm. so it's an interesting track um, it's been danced a lot around the world because its tempo is 220. So it's an ideal territory for a quick step. And it's been used as a quick step probably half a dozen or more times. It's been danced as a Charleston because mm. you're in Charleston territory. I think it's probably more suited um, as a quick step. So Anton's chosen a good track um, I think he did a good choreography. Um, but there were times when they were pausing, weren't they, at the edge of the stage. Mm. It's sort of like, oh, they stopped dancing. Yes. And even if it's only a second or a second and a half, it seems an awfully long time with a quick step where they're waiting for the bar to where they know they should start moving yes. again. Yes. So they've got there too early, and it's obvious because they've they're just stopping waiting around um oh you thought they got to that point too early well yeah they they were setting off they were setting off when the when they were as you look at the tv they were on the right hand side at one point um near the front of the stage and they sort of waited and then as the beat came in off they set and um i thought that was deliberate um well, I don't think you'd deliberately hang around. I mean, it breaks <laughs> the dance. You know, I mean, a quick step is, you know, all of these dances yes. are supposed to be fluid. I mean, nobody's, anybody who takes a break in the middle, just, uh, you know, oh, let's just have a, a chance to catch up with our breathing. You know, no, 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 I don't think so. Yeah, I think yeah. uh, I think if you deliberately put pauses into um, a ballroom-style track, um, that straight away makes the viewer feel uncomfortable or worried you know because somebody's willing them on um having said all that um they i mean anton's got a great sense of ballroom obviously and he had taken this track down from its 220 which would be a very fast quick step down to nearer um the uh 200 200 he took Mm. it to 206 so 
didn't get it all the way down. Perhaps it would have sounded a bit strange with the lyrics. But um, they got 29, which is not bad, but because of the slight hiccup in the performance, I went down. But I still think it was entertaining. And um, perversely, sort of unlike Karim and Amy, who had everything going for them, you'd think, but their performance was off just not there that that made me feel um more disappointed than um yeah anton and yeah. emma where it was straightforward mistakes if it's that. if it's tonight between saffron and aj and emma and anton it's going to be very difficult no, no, to no, i uh, think people. anton's got popular i think I don't popularity know, I think, I think, well yeah i think also because you know he got those two tens people are thinking oh please don't let him go down just it was just a mistake yes <laughs> So we finished the programme off with Chris and Karen and uh, a very powerful uh, performance. Mm. Well, Run Boy Run was the name of the track by uh, Woodkid. And um, it's a fast um, piece of music. Um, It's 134 beats a minute. Normally a paso would be 120. Um, I, I... in my notes, had put that it was pacey and threatening before I mm. saw them dance it. Um, it's uh, the video of the track. The guy that wrote this track was also doing videos uh, and things, needed his own um, direction video for this track. And um, it's a very strange track, otherworldly almost. Um, it's got a lot of drama and it's got a marching feel so it's perfect for, for a paso for a, yeah for the paso style that yeah. they do on on the tv shows um and it's been used several times as a paso um around the world it's been used in uh, germany in australia in the united states so a lot of people have already enjoyed doing a paso it's a good track um to do that with um i thought chris managed to get into the mood of it perhaps because it is slightly faster mm. um he could um he, he didn't have to pose quite as much so he could get into it, cause it, it he did he did do it more like there was some villainy at work almost they, um, they the introduction seemed to imply that they did a lot, a lot of work on that on his image and mm. so forth yeah well very wise because i think the with a with a tango and a pasadoble if if you're just sort of like smiling, looking gormless, <laughs> then nobody's convinced no. and the whole thing falls apart. You know, it is uh, if you're watching a magician, you do want um, yes. to uh, build the trick up. You're disappointed if he tells you how he did it and you think, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm not impressed anymore. So I, th- I think Chris and Karen did um, a really good job. It's a good track they chose. And I think it worked for them being slightly faster than normal so um i enjoyed i enjoyed uh, um they got a score of 31 which i thought was a bit on the low side uh strange really that bruno for one of the rare occasions scored lower than any of the other judges that was a bit of a surprise to me but uh, there we yeah, go yeah yeah i think again perhaps he was seeing that um they uh, there were some some little bits where perhaps um it, it wasn't quite as convincing. You could feel the effort. You could start, you know, the mask started slipping a little <laughs> bit in places. But I think, I think overall, um, 
it you know helped by a really good track yes they um th- they worked wonders i think if it had been a traditional pasodoble so a spanikani or something um he would have found it harder to to get into the mood he would be like oh i'm pretending to be a spanish bullfighter i can't do this but with a track like this which is pure uh, fantasy and it's pacey and threatening he could feel that threat yes. from the music it helped feed him to deliver a good performance uh, and as he said uh, very much against his normal sort of personality in fact uh, craig said uh, it was full of nastiness just like me <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i think those words i said uh, sort of villainous and uh, I've uh, said pacey and threatening, and he's saying nastiness. I think all those things come out of that music, and it shows mm. the importance, mm. perhaps, of trying to get the good track that matches the mm. celebrity that will help them feel the music for that dance. So that's the uh, that's the couples. So tonight it's uh, it's the uh, voting and see what happens and what we think. It'll be Saffron and AJ uh, yeah, and perhaps think... Emma and Anton in Dance Off. Um, it's difficult. The second one, I think uh, Kelvin's right. safe. I think Chris and Karen are safe. I think Alex and Neil. Alec, yeah. That was really strange. There, this uh, churning butter, this Argentinian tango. Craig gave them a score of four, and uh, Bruno said, you know, what's going on here? And gave them a score of eight. So yeah. they might be uh, in, yes? Yeah, uh, they might. They, so we had the mechanical butter churning yes. sort of uh, <laughs> Argentine tango. We had the mistakes on Sparkling Diamonds. Good choreography. She could dance in between. She was really good. I thought that was entertaining. And uh, for me, uh, Karim and Amy... Uh, doing a dance where sort of anything goes mm. and you think well how much can they get away with before yes. you think no mm. it's not entertaining me anymore so there's three possibilities there uh, apart from the definitely i think uh, saffron was not very good no. at dancing a samba to a good samba track mm. you're as good as your last dance <laughs> graham thank you very yeah. much for an insight into last night's strictly come dancing and uh, Graham will be back here next Sunday morning at uh, 10.25 to review uh, into week 11 to review the music and the performances from BBC One Strictly Come Dancing. Thank you very much, Graham. Thank you. Ooh.